Hello, hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit. My name is Jen Schwartz, and I have created this podcast for those of us who want to exercise without the hassle of our old injuries. You can find out more about that at www.impactyourfitness.net where I share information about my practice in the Washington, D.C. area, as well as my online course for, guess what, people that want to exercise without the hassle of their old injuries. That is called Movement Pathways. It's an injury recovery course. Today's episode is a fun conversation with my colleague and friend, Morgan, where we dish about our 20 years of combined fitness expertise. So our topic was formerly called five things you would do differently over your career. And Morgan Williams and I discussed this uh, at length. About an hour of the conversation is dedicated to just that, reflections and humility and wisdom and staying fit and fighting off fads and living through fads and experimenting with them and learning the hard way, the easy way about being professionals in the fitness industry. It's not a given that everyone that is a personal trainer is a professional. So this is the conversation of the decades of learning through that experience and sharing that as colleagues, friends, and muscle activation technique specialist. Enjoy. How we decided to make career moves and help people exercise without pain. And we're coming from this place of many people don't know this type of exercise even exists. A lot of people are just, they hear the word injury and they have pain during, before or after their exercise and they either push through, uh, plow through is a better word, or take away exercise, take away movement, mm -hmm. or they, what else would they do? They um, totally change the way they work out they say, oh, I can only do Pilates now because of my knees and my back. And that's just not true. I have a special guest with me, uh, Morgan Williams, who's going to help me paint this picture for you guys that uh, instead of changing the way that you exercise, um, you lean into the science of exercise physiology and pain science and with the understanding that your body can change and that exercise is a conduit to do that. Yes. So uh, what we're going to go through today are basically five things that we would do differently in our fitness careers. And I only have a, maybe, I don't know, four, four you said you started training in 2011? Uh, actually 2008. Eight, yeah. yeah. So I only have like a couple years <laughs> on you. Yeah, uh, like total. So the, I think this will this is going to be great. And um, anyway, so 
Morgan and I met through the Muscle Activation Techniques Program. Mm -hmm. She is an up-and-coming specialist and certified in two of the three modules for being a Muscle Activation Techniques Specialist. And I've been helping her with her studies and and her skill set. So we've gotten to know each other over the past year, and I'm just really happy I can share her with you guys. So tell us about yourself. Um, so yeah, I'm Morgan and, um, yeah, like I said, I started training actually almost like right out of high school. Um, I was at like a tech, a tech prep school and I got certified as a trainer. Um, actually like in 2007, I took the course like on my birthday. What Mm -hmm. a great idea. So now every two years I have to pay this money to get (laughs) recertified. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just since then, um, I've gone through a lot of different specialty certifications, functional certifications, and my niche early on just kind of became making exercise just uh, easy for everyone Mm -hmm. to do. Not just easy, but for them to be able to do long-term and, of Mm -hmm. course, injury-free, injury-free, pain-free, and just get them excited about it and not that it has to be... um, to the extremes Mm -hmm. like there is that happy medium that so many people can find and like you said like they they take it to the extremes like I can no longer do this because of such and such Mm -hmm. and so that's just kind of been like my lifelong goal is to make sure that people are able to do that no matter where they're at nice in their journey so so let's walk yeah let's walk through that like so my first certification was NASM Mm -hmm. is that where you started uh no ACE ACE Mm -hmm. okay and then after that, I got into the function. I got a little bit into the functional training rabbit hole with, yeah. um, you know, different. What was it? Functional movement ha- is a thought process that trainers can help people function in their day to day lives better, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and so they say. Uh, that machines are usually bad in this thought process because that's not something you should be doing because every it like day. it pigeonholes you yeah. into a certain movement. Yeah. So n- now after years and years, I, I do not believe that is um, at you know true <laughs> to yeah. say the least. I think it's a you're dismissing a lot of factors about how muscles actually move and the mechanics of muscles yeah. by you know, just saying, okay, we can only do lunges and squats and whatnot. So anyways, so just to give you guys an idea of where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. So you started with ACE and then Mm -hmm. what was like, did you follow some fads around or did you go more in the the Um, athletic, like racing and stuff? Almost a little bit of both. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, at first, um, the fads would kind of catch my eye and then I would try to, you know, pull back and be like, okay, like, is this something that I really believe? Mm-hmm. Um, is there actually evidence-based research behind that? Cause I had, um, one of actually my top five things that I would do differently was just use the mentors that I had in my mm-hmm. life at the time more to mm-hmm. my advantage. Mm-hmm. So would try to kind of think, come from their perspective of, um, is this something that I really should, you know, follow or, you know, tag along with or um, stay a little bit more athletic based, and which is where I ended up kind of going with, mm-hmm. I got the functional movement screen and TRX and kettlebells. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of ended up branching um, through the years of just getting those different types of things just to, I wanted to be as well-rounded as possible just yeah. to help all kinds of people from the elite athlete to the Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, he's not particularly motivated. 
No. 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 Yeah. <laughs> his, he's got some good bicep curls with, yeah, with the donuts but, and the beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but his mindset isn't there. No. No. Yeah, it's definitely not. So, no, I'm definitely not wanting to pull. I'd rather have Ned Flanders as a client. Yeah. That's... Darn diddly do. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so perky yeah I would, yeah uh so where is your philosophies now where have you evolved to um you know that's a great question and honestly it's it's almost in the same like I think in a way my thought process about things and how I approach people is just I don't know for me like a little bit more mature and it's not there's no judgment like you know like when you're young and you know you've got your ego and you're like well I know this and textbook wise and it's got to be this and that's not how it is anymore I mean you're coming from a place of love and humility and you want people to understand that you have your own struggles just like they do they may look a little different but they're all in the same we all have these things that we're coming from we all have these things that we're you know struggling with and trying to overcome and I want I try to come from a place of uh, understanding so that my clients don't, you know, put me up on some pedestal because I'm a trainer, because I look like this Mm -hmm. or because I can perform such and such. Mm -hmm. I try to come from a place of, you know what, I'm on the same playing field as you are. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out maybe some best practices that, you know, can just help progress you in a way that you're looking to go Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, and go from there. I mean, well, so I will say this, Fit Fam. Um, if I had a zombie apocalypse team, Morgan would 110% be one of my first picks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I will say, like, when she says the same playing field, <laughs> soccer players. You, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're quite, um, I mean, you, you're definitely like a leader in the way that you carry yourself and train yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, that's it. It's obvious to me that that is a, a value of yours. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so with that philosophy, what is mm-hmm. your, what's your day-to-day look like as far as training goes? I don't mean like hours. Like when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So up until recently, my schedule did change. And I'm a little bit more class and small group session based at the moment mm-hmm. um, with some clients. So my day-to-day is basically doing what I can personally to try and show up for them of course sometimes that's at five in the morning and I'm not always as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah. <laughs> but i um, trying to make sure that I take uh, into account for who all is before me and what I can best design for those people that no matter where they're at in their journey that each and every single person mm-hmm. being at their own you know level or mm-hmm. different area in life mm-hmm just doing what I can to design the best possible movement and function and throw in a little bit of the fun stuff, you know, mm-hmm. fitness wise in there for them so that they basically are coming for what they, what they asked for. Yeah. What, uh, how much, like is group training, do you like it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so much fun. I mean, the energy that you get from people yeah. is incredible. I love being in front of that crowd and what is skin. What would be like your perfect uh, balance of teaching classes to one-on-one ratio? Oh, probably, probably like like a half and half. You would do half and half. Oh, wow. absolutely. Yeah, oh my yeah, because I love that personal connection yeah. too that I get with the clients and the, the time to kind of step back to settle down a little bit, but still be very present and focused on them. I love that one-on-one personal attention, but then mm-hmm. I also love the energy that you get from so many people 
suffering through the same thing uh-huh. uh, together. Yeah. Just just that camaraderie. I love that camaraderie that classes can bring. Oh my god, that's yeah. awesome. And then. Um, do your dogs work out with you sometimes? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We usually try to go on runs together. <laughs> yeah, because they're pretty athletic. Oh dogs yeah, too. Right? Yeah. So they need a lot. Yes. They need a lot. Oh, they do. Tell yeah. me about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always curious because I'm like, you know, I I definitely want a dog, but yeah. I need to. You yeah. need to get the inside here. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely have two athletic breeds. Uh, they're mixes. And um, try to get them outside as much as possible, running on the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken them biking before, rollerblading. Um, so that's a great one if you've got a clear space with yeah. no rocks yeah. uh, or you've got knee pads. Uh, (laughs) you can hold on to both of them and they will just run and run and run. So that's a great quad workout, right? Uh Because you're in that semi squat (laughs) the whole time. Uh Um, but yeah, I mean, any, anything and everything that I can try to do with them, or if I'm doing a workout outside, they're outside with me, they're watching, try to get on the floor and then they're hovering over me like, Oh, is it time? You know, Mm -hmm. for me? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, not quite. But wow. What about, um, (laughs) what do you have any specific, uh, strength goals for yourself right now? I do. What are they? Yeah. Um, so I had recently, within like the past year or so, switched from more uh, powerlifting to CrossFit. Uh-huh. And so I think right now I'm actually signed up for a uh, competition in Richmond oh, in August. Okay. So that'll be fun. Okay. But um, most of my strength goals right now are a little bit like gymnastics based, but then also just raw power based, mm-hmm. um, like increasing my deadlift again and increasing my squat, like my bottom like astagrass squat mm-hmm. um which is something you know one of those things that i hadn't always practiced because mm-hmm. they're like oh don't go below parallel mm-hmm. when now we know there's no yes. there's no reason not to there's no reason not. okay this is a real quick break to let you know that floating can help your fitness in so many ways i'm coming at this from an injury recovery prevention and active recovery tip that I believe can help people with previous injuries because those of us with previous injuries can't afford to waste time in the gym or on our active recovery on what we think should be working. So if you're in Alexandria, Virginia, I'm asking you to check out Synergy Float Center with my promo code. Go to synergyfloatcenter.com and use referral code BK978059. And the reason why I'm pushing this is because I use it, I believe in it, and know that those of us with injuries have to heal and feel whole and healthy from the inside out. And I think the floating is just such a non-risk beneficial way to do this because it helps with anxiety and improves sleep and the actual recovery of your body gives your brain the rest so it can do its best. Whoa, that is cute. Anyways, um, enjoy this podcast with Morgan and I, and I hope you're able to get to know us a little bit better and learn about the process of becoming a true fitness professional, living it, studying it, breathing it, and passing it along to others like yourself.
Mm-hmm. I started mine like 2005 or six. So we have, this was a reflection exercise and I, I was really glad I did it personally. Yeah. And we're just going to go like, you'll do one, then I'll do one. And whatever Perfect. comes in between is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay. So who, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, go for it. Um, so I think one of mine I did actually already mention was just using the professional resources to my advantage. Um, I've definitely in my philosophy is one of those that if I would love for people and clients alike to whatever questions they have, ask me mm-hmm. uh, because I will be the first one to tell you that I don't know everything, but mm-hmm. I am bound to find out for you um, by using those professional resources. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I did that early on and I don't think I did it enough mm-hmm. early on in my career is mm-hmm. using all of those professional resources that I had to my full advantage. So yeah. that is absolutely one thing. Like using you now, like yeah. I'm here now and I was yeah. like, okay, I need to use this to my advantage so that I can just become better, even just more efficient in a shorter amount of time mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's great. I, yeah, I think a lot of um, people, a lot of trainers, it's really easy just to look and do a Google search just like our clients do for quick answers Mm -hmm. to problem solving, like that issues that need problem solving. Right. So if we have a client that is like, oh, I got a great question from my client yesterday. She was ordered to be a month off of her running Mm -hmm. and she had, she had the sesamoid fracture. Oh. Yeah, but she's been, we've been keeping her running with, we've been doing foot RX and, oh man. And no, she's, I mean, she feels great. <laughs> yeah. But she, it was just like every once in a while she would get this pain right on her sesamoid. Right. So it was time. She had one doctor clear her, didn't look deep enough, and you could feel the kind of the, the dislocation of the, the pad underneath the sesamoid. When yeah. You, so that's at the bottom of the foot. That's your foot knuckles, basically. And so interesting, she goes, okay, I've got a month at least off. I I can still do biking. I can still, she's like, she can swim. She just can't tennis or run. And those were really big for her. So she said, what can I do for a month, like to improve my health? And I was like, you can do a lot. So we talked about uh, using a, a sauna routine Oh, yeah, yeah, which will help your cardio too, right? right? And we talked about uh, different uh, diets. So I said, you, if you spend a month like dialing in your diet, mm-hmm. it'll keep you busy. That's for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Endless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in a month's time, like you'll end up having easier decisions with your nutrition. So that's like another win. Anyway, so Huge we, win. yeah, so I think when you talk about looking at resources like that, um, while she's asking me that, so my, my job is now to do what? I gotta, I gotta follow up and find some type of resource for her. I yeah. think, you know? Oh, absolutely. So I recommended her to look up Mark Hyman. He has like a ton of books on, you know, self care and eating well. And mm. then, I followed up and used a resource within my network, like a friend that does this type of counseling. Yeah. And that's, and then I sent her a podcast on the saunas. So 
Is that what you mean by using more resources like that for oh. your clients? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, anybody can do a Google search, but that's only going to give you, at best, maybe a textbook answer. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, I mean, I want, like, the nitty-gritty and the details that would spend someone, you know, hours upon hours upon hours just trying to find and fine-tune something that's a little, that's a little bit more specific to them mm-hmm. by using those professional resources and using the experience from yeah. those professional resources. Yeah. So, yeah, I, where else, well, then that blood test I just showed you, that is definitely a professional resource that I would share with my, that I have shared with my clients. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, anything else to add? No. Nope. Feeling good? All right. We're moving on. (laughs) Okay. Feeling good? It's a lifeline time. Just kidding. Uh, okay. So my number one was... If I could go back in time, I would learn more about self-compassion and having an inner ally and inner and using my inner radar better. Ooh, I know. I went big on the first one. Dang. Yeah. I say my I say I say the big oh, one for went, last. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah I, I started big and then I moved down. Um, oh, do yeah, tell. Self-compassion. Yes. Yeah. So, I this has been my I've been very much diving into a mental health and spiritual health and bringing that context into my workouts and why does it matter why am i spending my resources on getting a better squat i do have one tangible very very tangible goal which is a skiing uh goal so yeah (laughs) so march 2020 me and my me and my gals are going to big sky Oh, I know. So sweet. Yes. And we got, we got a sweet, sweet <laughs> <laughs> ski and ski out resort. And so shout out to Miss Maud's Chocolates. <laughs> uh, that's our sponsor. <laughs> mm, that's a good one. <laughs> yep. See? Um, so, you know, but why we're doing all this stuff? Like, why am I working on my physical body to, to, carry on some type of message and learning experience for my for others yeah and people that I care about so I've been answering that question for a while and having if I have had that conversation with myself earlier on yeah. I was knocking on that door yeah I was definitely knocking on the door of self-compassion because it was very obvious that I was having mental health struggles mm-hmm. back then right uh, with grief and PTSD and but I didn't I, I the inner ally and being kind to yourself is what I mean. Like I wish I I wish I would have tuned into that a little bit earlier. It's huge. Yeah. And listening to my inner radar, which a better word for that might be intuition. Yeah. And knowing that that is a gift that I have and that I should really trust that. Right. So I mean, how often do we go day to day and just ignore, ignore, yeah. ignore? Yeah. But now I know what it feels like to ignore it. Mm-hmm. I know what those little radar sounds are. Yeah. Like that I should go back and listen to that and then make another decision or make the same decision either way. Right. It's, it's if you listen to that inner radar, that is being kind to yourself. Because mm-hmm. there's something in your spirit and your mind that is getting dissed in a way when you don't listen to that inner radar Mm -hmm. and that creates another cycle of like self-resistance internal resistance and essentially yelling at yourself right (laughs) and you know does that lead up to 
all the shoulds and woulds and coulds of exercise that we end up self-loathing and self-hating. Right. So it's like this huge circle and like I'm so into that exploration right now. Um, so yeah, that was my, that was my number one. Ding, ding, Let's, ding. Yeah, start off with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything to add? No. No, no, okay. I think that's a, that's a great one. And I think that's really important for, actually that's almost partly like on my list. It's a little bit down, but actually yeah. I'll just like tag right into that. Um, my next one is adding in that mindfulness, not just on the outside of, of like body positioning. Like we're so super, most of us are super aware of, of where we're at in space with our body when we're going through and flowing through our exercise. But that, I mean, you see that now. Well, that's more a skill. So. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. definitely an acquired skill yeah. for sure. So when I say most, well, lower that percentage yeah. a little bit. But um, is, you know, adding that, that awareness and that mindful muscle connection to the inside as well and being more just conscious of, you know, how do I really feel during, you know, this movement or how did that activity really make me feel? Is that something that I should continue with? Because mm-hmm. um, we get to ignoring a lot of those signals. And mm-hmm. even though that, say, racing, uh, like doing like Spartan races, like I was doing Spartan races a ton the past couple of years, and I left a couple of those not feeling great, but it was the ego part of me that was like, no, just do another one, just sign up for another one. Even really? though, yeah, 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 I would come off like the longer ones, like mm-hmm. the eight, 10 milers, um, like up, you know, black diamonds mm-hmm. for hours at a time. Wait, and that's what I was, you go up a black diamond? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So- in the- <laughs> Yeah, in the races. Oh my gosh, yeah. Now, I'm not like sprinting up the thing. I may start out like with a little slow jog and then at some points I end up climbing. Uh-huh. You're almost on like hands and knees. Sure. But, uh, yeah. And then you got to come back down, right? So the down. Oh my God. Yeah. So talking, uh, I actually have like a couple pictures of how swollen my knees were. Like I had to stop and like get like the white like medic tape and yeah. tape up my knees just to finish. Now, was that something that I should have listened to? Should I have done it again? No. Yeah. <laughs> should yeah. I have gone running after that? Probably not. So, so hold on, talk me through that. So that means <laughs> you're telling me that you did that, and then a couple days later, you're like, "Oh, it's time for a run." Or uh, you guys, like, right yeah. then, keep running. No, like, well, yeah, yeah, kind both. of both, both yeah. actually, yeah, keep running just to finish because you're in such a miserable state. So that's kind of like that connection, you know, talking about that we don't set ego aside enough mm-hmm. to really listen to. Is that something that's really good for me? Mm-hmm. How did I really feel doing that? Is that something that I should do again? So that's kind of something if I were to go back in time is to really listen to and not just, you know, follow the crowd of, well, everybody's doing it or I know somebody that's Mm -hmm. doing this. So let me sign up for that or do that activity when it's really not something that is specifically meant for me Mm -hmm. and just paying attention to more of that internal health and not just what's showing up externally. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be okay. That's acceptable for someone that doesn't have to rely on their body for work. True. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah, one place true. to start. And then, but you know, where probably another conversation, why is the effort and uh, the time and the sacrifice that people put into those races, mm-hmm. why is it worth it? I honestly don't know. Oh, oh not, my gosh. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. I just oh, have, right. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there's definitely some sort of feeling and it's even hard to describe what that feeling is that comes over you when you cross that finish line. You're like, 
all of that work. Yeah. All of that work and here's where I am. Or even just to see where you stack up against people who have also been out there doing this in the in the trenches, doing the same thing that you've been doing. So it's almost like a almost like a self reflection mm-hmm. time of when you mm-hmm. cross is like, how did I do? What would I do do differently if I were to do this again? Um, almost like any competition. Mm-hmm. Um, if if someone is into competing is, mm-hmm. you know, how how was my mental state during that time? How was my nutrition during that time? So it's just a it's a good overall look at yourself and how you did Mm. and if that's something that you want to continue to improve on or if you just want to take a completely different route Mm. which is okay too yeah yeah uh okay i think that answers my question yeah i think there's something in there about uh like the primal like effort and racing and winning you know that's huge Yeah. yeah that there's a line there yeah people oh absolutely well even as like it's crossed yeah and even as like a former athlete like you you want some well to me like I once I there's still something deep inside from being an athlete from the time that I could walk to now being 30 that I'm like I want to compete like Mm -hmm. I want that edge I want to feel the the butterflies and the jitteriness of knowing that I'm out here with other people and if I you know make it up to the next heat to pass some people that I saw that left before me 15 minutes ago yeah. That, 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 feels, you feel yeah. good like yeah. that feels good like I worked for that so nice. that's like yeah. another part of it too that's like alright okay on to the next that, yeah this is one of those inner radar things that I'm working through is yeah. pushing myself and getting outside of that comfort zone uh, to help me feel my full potential you know even yeah. if I never yeah. actually knock on the door of my full potential right it's it's like if I can get close to it, mm-hmm. I think that um, that that's what I'm working through and finding the the right way to do it. And yeah, I mean, I, I I've I've done that and I've I'm I'm evolving it is what right. I should say. Yeah, we all have some sort of base, of just want and yeah. drive and desire to find what that potential is. So that one for me was at at the time in my life it was racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know mm-hmm. I were to go back to have a little bit more of that that mindfulness connection to my inner self, you know, was it good for me and my body at the time? Luckily, you know, knock yep. on wood, I didn't do any damage. I didn't do any, you know, permanent damage, but there were some things that did not feel very well. Yeah. <laughs> and after be, some yeah, of those. and being amongst people that are oh. act really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What so now you're, is this your first CrossFit competition that you're in? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so it's a whole new... It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, so we'll definitely follow up on that. So it's my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. So my number two, uh, if I could go back in time, I would take my client behavior and boundaries a little bit more seriously. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, yeah. Holy cow, how could so, I have missed that one? Yeah, so I was thinking in the terms of being my talents and my communication skills being aligned with my clients Mm -hmm. that would be the antithesis of that what I just said so I'm I'm able to live that now and the podcast has helped me really connect to some wonderful clients yeah who I know are curious so I'm, I'm aligning the people I know that will work best with me yeah, with well, you're, you're attracting that. Yeah, I'm attracting it. So people that are curious, people that want to scratch their own itch, learn about their body, yeah. and and, re- and respect human anatomy mm-hmm. for 
being a, an amazing piece of engineering and that your body has so many gifts inside of it and that physical exercise is a way to access it. Yeah. That, so those are the people I'm talking to on the other end of this microphone. Um, and so doing that earlier on, I think would have been really good for my mental health and my financial health. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, incredibly. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's clients that they would just ignore every single warning sign they were getting about oh. their body. Yeah. And I couldn't, I was taking the money because I felt like I had to. Right. But there was, when that, I think when the money exchange isn't like, I'm giving you this money, thank you for tapping into my inner ally and my uh, greatness and then giving it to me and saying it helped your inner greatness. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm having that exchange with clients. That's such a higher level so, exchange. Oh, God, okay, younger trainers. Like, this uh. is, it's, yes, please. <laughs> Start doing that. And it's it's kind of chic right now. Like, like people talk about that in marketing circles all the time. Like, right. you know, fitness coaches for, for fitness professionals, right? Yeah. So... I, yeah, I really buy into that. I think there's something big to it. Um, but yeah, what? Um, so you're you're all on board with number two for you? It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to add? Um, yeah, I'm actually going to kind of piggyback off of part of that. It kind of ties into one of my other ones. But so then my third one would be those almost those same client trainer boundaries, but if I take a step back or go like in the opposite direction, what I would have done, you know, years ago or at the beginning is make sure that I set those boundaries in a way that, I mean, let's face it. Like there were some people that I wanted their goals and I was so empathetic with them. I wanted their goals and you've probably been there so bad for them that I, I almost would go, I would go home crying Mm. because they would come in and, you know, they completely derailed themselves like over the weekend or mm-hmm. or this or they went let one little event you know take them off the spiral event and I'm mm-hmm. like but I I gave you I literally gave you gold I gave you the tools we wrote things down we said them out loud I'm here holding you accountable and the struggles that they were going through it's like I took them on as my own mm-hmm. and and let that you know in turn affect my mental health and how I showed up so I was just getting client after client year after year I was getting drained and drained and drained because I never set clear enough boundaries Mm -hmm. of these people and their ish is now becoming my ish when it wasn't mine to begin with Mm -hmm. and I just I so easily let that happen and I definitely think like as a newer as a younger trainer that you have got to set up those boundaries Mm -hmm. and and like you said like yeah sure I was I was taking the money but it wasn't serious enough for them yeah I think coming in that to take yeah. it seriously, it's like, okay, so then you kind of pigeonhole yourself into, well, am I only good enough for these emotionally unstable people? Mm. And then I allow that to happen and creep into our session. I mean, because if someone would have said, like, I would have, you know, been like a part therapist, I would be like, what? No, but like, I've been through divorces with people. I've been through, you know, childbirth, losing, miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. through uh, all, so many things as mm-hmm. a trainer over the years with these people. And it's like, I've allowed that early on and for too long mm-hmm. to creep into my own self and how I thought I was viewing, viewing myself. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. It, yes, exactly. 
if, if the, the boundaries, if we can, can see our self-worth, mm-hmm. then that boundary can begin to get set. And then yeah. you don't, we don't have to go home with that weight on our shoulder, yeah. right? And personal training, I think, is very accommodating to anxiety and depression on the personal trainer's side. Yes. Because if we can't take care of ourselves, and we know how to because we're athletic and we're fit. Mm-hmm. So, right? So we don't know how to take care of ourselves. We start projecting that onto our clients and we ignore our own crap. I know, well, yeah. that's what I'm speaking are, but that's definitely what happened to oh, me. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that absolutely happened to me. So I don't, I don't know how people would figure that out without, you know, wasting people's money and potentially hurting them and hurting their fitness journey in the process. You know, I mean, it takes, it takes time and like it takes some, some looking at oneself. I mean, it really takes kind of yeah. digging deep and finding out like, why is it person after person is coming to me and just, or maybe, I mean, am I connecting with them too much? Are we getting too personal? Yes, I want them to trust. I mean, because with a trainer, like, you're building that trust with them. It's like, mm-hmm. am I building too much trust to where they feel so comfortable to just let all this stuff out? Mm-hmm. Or am I just not doing a good enough job because I don't want to seem, I don't want to come off bitchy or mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I want them to feel safe yeah because this is their getaway because for a lot of people especially for women like that's their only me time that mm-hmm. is their only oh, time for moms and stuff yeah for sure. yeah that is their only time yeah. so it's like okay well do I let this happen and I know so I mean it, it, it's a confidence thing too I mean especially as a younger trainer if you don't have any other mentors like you know business wise mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm then it's so easy to let that happen. I think a good way for people to take this into their everyday uh, fitness decisions would be to find that person that's niche. Yeah. Because they've spent time drilling in who they want to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. I think that's a... But, I mean, we don't do that. I'm, I'm not a niche kind of gal. Yeah. I yeah. I am focusing on post-injury fitness, which is a lot of different people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Very true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I might have to revisit what the niche means. But I think for a beginner, like for uh, when my friends that are having babies, mm-hmm. like I have a resource for them to say, okay, this is a good resource for pre-postnatal yeah. fitness. And while I know some of it, I just know right. how to get people into the right direction. Yeah. Especially when fitness. With muscle activation techniques, I can help a new mother. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Especially if they're um, showing self-love and compassion for their body changing. Right. Right. Ooh, that's mm, fact number one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on. So that was your three. Yep. Now I'm three. Oh, this is a very specific one. So... For those of you who don't know, we're in Alexandria, D.C. area. And for a couple years, I would love to reconnect with this client. She moved to California. We were, uh, she felt like a long lost cousin. And so she, I worked at basically a law firm gym for a a while. And I would, a handful of partners used me as their trainer inside their law firm gym 
and they were patent attorneys. And all of them said, you need to start branding now. Here's Ugh. how you trademark now. And I didn't see the vision. I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. <sighs> I can't talk about that anymore. I said it out loud and so oh. glad I said it. And Cynthia, if you were listening, I can't Call wait me. to see you so you can slap me in the face <laughs> and then hug me because that's what you would do. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple people over time say that to me like five years ago. That, that's like their first words to you me. Just I'm didn't like, see it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Well, I didn't take it for what it was either. Yeah. I, I didn't take it seriously. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm just training. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like they could see how our light could help others, <sighs> yeah. and we didn't see it. No, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a that's a hard one to be able to to be able to step aside and actually see your self worth and what you're growing into. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give myself a little bit of grace on that because there's some people that would kick me in the butt for that <laughs> yeah well I'm doing it right now and I'm happy I am so yeah. uh you know whatever I'm glad I didn't wait 20 years more it's true right like I waited I need to hop on that I train. waited 10 years okay yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm yeah. just past 10 so yeah I, I should probably <laughs> hop on that train <laughs> um I mean your Instagram language is very brand. I feel like you're very good you have a brand even though it doesn't say that you're a yeah. brand I feel yeah. like you are speaking from a branded point of view. I will say that. Yeah, I just um, need to make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just need Official. to put a, like a um, title to it. Yeah, yeah. I have it. one. Yeah, well, I need to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your number four? Uh, okay, so my fourth one. If I were to go back in time and do things a little bit differently in the at the beginning of my career, um, I would probably focus on the imbalances that we create. Uh, so now this is a little bit more exercise driven. Yeah. The balances that we create from our day to day lives. Now I was doing a little bit of this with the the functional movement screen and the mm-hmm. TRX training and the kettlebells, but not as specifically as I could have really honed in on on a niche early on mm-hmm. and and would have loved it. But um, like I was talking with a girlfriend of mine the other day, um, like just you know t- talking about these ideas and you know she was mentioning um, you know different like isometric movements or exercises or unilateral work to we were talking about like a little bit more athlete based and I was like well how can this help literally every single person and so as we started talking the idea came up to me I'm like oh my gosh so like if I'm doing the same unilateral work or isometric exercises with an athlete for shoulder stability I should be doing that same thing with a mom who's holding a baby on her right hip all the time and trying to you know accomplish other tasks with her with her left hand Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. other side so focusing on those imbalances that Mm -hmm. so especially for me like soccer player Mm -hmm. my right leg is was Mm -hmm. my power leg I mean that leg got the ball down the field no problem left leg was a little eh, Mm -hmm. you know yeah so focusing on those imbalances and how they could even out over time just in someone's day-to-day life because who knows if I hadn't addressed those issues in myself Mm -hmm. I could be walking around with hip pain knee pain I could have less mobility mm-hmm. on the one side. Mm-hmm. Did so, you play other sports growing up? Basketball and track. Basketball. I do think that multi-sports is, you have to do it. I, I just don't see Oh, it helps so much. I, I don't see any need to specialize. Yeah. Um, there's a new book out that I started. It's called Range. David uh, Epstein. Mm. Epstein. He wrote an amazing book years ago called uh, the sports gene 
and it's oh his he's fascinating yeah he's like um he's a a thought process creative thinker decision making I don't he's not he's a journalist yeah and range is taking the argument of specialization versus general Hmm. knowledge okay and argues it through the book through sports military strategy uh I can't remember what the other chapters are about, but mm-hmm. he, um, Malcolm Gladwell had this 10,000 hour rule. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, the 10,000 yeah. hour rule, it says anything you do, if you do it 10,000 hours, you can become like an expert and proficient expert, yeah. whatever. And they, so David Epstein is, he argued that and said, no. It yes, my environment's important, and mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge these things that are important about your argument. But the perfectionist model doesn't work, so it was called the that argument turned into the Tiger versus Federer Roger Federer argument. Roger Federer played multi sports until mm-hmm. very. I don't remember how many years before he turned pro, but his mother. Mm-hmm went out of her way to make sure he was still playing badminton and soccer. And badminton is like a real sport in Europe, not like a oh. gym class activity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like a real... <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I had um, no idea. Yeah. Um, but concept is similar. Very small court. Lots of move, Lots of dynamic movement. Yeah. Very, could be a very good carryover to tennis. Right. Right. Anyways, so he played soccer and badminton up until when all of his peers were going into specialized tennis academies. And Tiger, on the other hand, started posing for the media at age three with his golf club. Like, Mm -hmm. he specialized every single step of the way. So David Epstein takes this argument and says, where are we going to excel as a Roger? Or where are we going to excel as a Tiger? And more and more, it came up that if you're a generalist and learning athletic skills, in our example, Mm -hmm. then you're going to succeed. Yeah, you'll have more success because you're a better problem solver, you're more creative, and whatnot. Yeah. So anyways, um, anyways, we went. Yeah, it's great. I think it's relevant to thinking about muscle imbalances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so if you're generally, so if you're going into being fit, it's like if you learn these main things like squats and deadlifts, that could carry over. To so many different things. Yes. But you have to be able to get the pieces strong before you do that. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, just like you were saying, like, how do I translate this to the mom from the athletic, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, oh. yeah, I, I, I think the more, the more that we see movement important, the more that these foundational athletic skills come into play yeah. for being less injured and, and less having less pain. Right. Doesn't mean that's your whole training program, but right, just right. the idea. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And starting off strong from that point and just even recognizing those imbalances and knowing that, okay, before I load you up, let's make sure we have these taken care of, or at least make sure that you have the proper movement patterns mm-hmm. that will later on mimic Yes, yeah. you're picking up something off of the floor, holding the baby on the right hip, and you know not going to feel like you're going to blow out your back. Yeah. So in a deadlift, you would practice moving your hips first rather than your neck. Yeah, yeah. Meaning mm-hmm. like people will look up before they uh, 
come up from yes. the stemlet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, before they initiate the pool. Yeah, so like understanding that there's um, a sequencing is what we mean by movement patterns, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think the imbalances, um, and definitely like our thought process that has been trained into us is that looking at the pieces before we load something yes. uh, is you know the foundation and mm-hmm. that's that's what's different from what we're talking about based on functional training which would be the opposite yeah which is they load the pattern first without looking at the tiny pieces right right so yeah um cool all right uh, i would help people with their fitness goals by stretching them mm-hmm. and I do not regret that part completely, but I would change the way that I that I approach it. And so I <laughs> I approached it from this we could help your alignment, we could help your everyday, we could help your posture um, by doing these stretching techniques. Yeah. And now I know that is completely false and wrong. Mhm. However, I don't regret it because it opened me up to the intra-session and intra-client and trainer trusting uh, back and forth. Like Mm -hmm. that give and take of having somebody trust you enough to put your hands on them. Right. And then being able to help them lean into certain movements or pain or sensations or activities. I learned a lot about that through stretching. Hmm. I will say. So I don't regret it completely. Yeah. And but I will say I do regret it from a that I was coming at it from an uneducated and un um, researched point of view. And that was completely because I was buying the garbage mm. that the fitness industry was selling to me. Yeah. So boo-hoo yeah yeah so the answer now is strength yeah and muscle activation <laughs> yeah yeah oh absolutely all day Dy- like dynamic movement patterns versus mm-hmm. static yeah so what we mean by that dynamic movement patterns would be walking lunges um like preparing you for the movement that you're about to do yeah which has a place yeah but yeah it's not a hundred percent all the time right Versus like a static movement could be an isometric, could be a... Um, like what one would basically consider like a yoga pose. Yeah. If you need like a picture. Well, yeah, because you're not moving. Right, if right. If you're not moving. Yeah. So I would say uh, a static exercise is more about honing in on one or two pieces at a time. Mm-hmm. Versus like a dynamic movement is you trusting your brain, your body, and your sensory information coming in, and then your body... To execute. Yeah, executes that information. Yeah. So what muscle activation techniques do is, does, do's, <laughs> um, does is helps that communication piece so that your yeah. brain is getting better information coming in from the outside world. I don't right. know if anybody understands that. But like if you're trying yeah. to think of something and it's on the tip of your tongue but you just can't quite get it out there, mm-hmm. that's what the MIT process is doing is communicating that process more efficiently from the brain to the body for yes. you to be able to actually execute what Yes. That was, that was well said. Awesome. Yeah, so that's my number four. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Humble 
pie. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. I had two pieces of humble pie for sure today. Right. Okay, well, so what's your number five? Oh my gosh. So my my piece of the humble pie, let's talk about pie. Um, I'm going to take it very basic, but um, I just love my thought process and how it's evolved over time is the squat. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, the squat. So I was so textbook of, okay, your feet have to be parallel. <laughs> You gotta be right underneath your hips. Uh You gotta go down. Uh I wasn't so much, I didn't, I never hopped on the knees over the toes kind of train because I knew that was false from the get go, from just how a lineman stands, from how I take off of the blocks. Um, But as far as going down to 90, we don't need to go any lower than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and just the every, thinking that every single person's position has to be the exact same. Mm -hmm. Now, what do we know? How mm-hmm. false that is because yeah. everybody's bone structure and body structure is different. People have longer yeah. limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, some people's acetabulum doesn't, some people's hip, their yeah. leg doesn't yeah. fit quite in yeah. their hip bone, um, just like the textbook says. Yeah. And how crazy it was to think back, like, oh my gosh, those poor clients. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I made them squat. So, what may not have felt comfortable mm-hmm. for them. And who knows that, I mean, knock on wood, like it never led to any injuries Yeah. because it wasn't right for their body, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And yeah. thinking like, wow, yeah, there's a... So if like we follow these rules that are spewed at us, mm-hmm. okay, so one, there's no rules to exercise, there's only rules to physics. That's a Tom Purvis RTS mm-hmm. gym. Rules to your body. Yeah, rules to your body. And... There, so exercise rules would be no knees over toes. Your elbows always have to, I don't know, um, pull a certain way in a row, or yeah. they always have to be locked out when they're overhead, yeah, or stuff like that. Like, there's no unless you're getting judged in a, a powerlifting or Olympic contest, yeah, there should be no actual rules to your exercise. Right. Um, you should develop your inner radar to know when your body is sending you signals mm-hmm. to tell you to stop or right. keep going. And when you lean into that to keep going or stop, mm-hmm. like, right? So yeah. um, I guess the where I was going with that uh, was, you know, if we develop that skill ourselves as trainers, we can teach our clients to as well. Yes. You know, back to what was that number? Uh, that was number one for me, right? Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back that to number intuition. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, the squat. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like how, so now like in like sessions or like a class setting, I will go into it, especially if I have new people in there and if I have, um, you know, some veterans in Mm -hmm. there, I will go at it with, okay, so you may be standing like this or you may have been taught to stand like this in the past. I want you to literally like, I shake out a leg, I shake out the other leg, wherever they fall, relax your shoulders, just take it down for me as low as you can Mm -hmm. and literally just see where your body goes because now even look like looking down at my feet, I'm just maybe 20 ish degrees like externally rotated so my feet are just turned out slightly Mm -hmm. and that's what's comfortable for me that's Mm -hmm. where my power is at Mm -hmm. I feel so much engagement and I Mm -hmm. tell them like grip grip the floor with your toes I mean there's Mm -hmm. just so much that has evolved in even my communication communication skills towards Mm -hmm. every single person no matter who you are I have confidence now that I can get you to squat and get you to squat in a way that feels good for you Mm yeah yeah um where else did I go with my squats? I, yeah, I was big into the NASM thing, which was like watching people squat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was my, that was one of my favorite things. And then I would just start, you know, rattling off imbalances by just watching them squat. So yeah. It was very like, 
I was moving in the direction of MAT very early on. Like, it made sense to me, right. of, like, looking at the pieces. Yeah. But then I just went way overboard with, like, again, the, the, the fitness industry spewing the fact right. that, like, all people should squat like this. Right. When it's just not, it's not the reality. It's right. It's just not true. Absolutely. Um, there are, whew, there's some basics that people yeah. should learn, but that's more athletic motion. Mm-hmm. Sequencing, movement patterns, and using your hips first, mm-hmm. right? And doing a clean with the right amount of space between the bar and your body. Yeah. Yo, oh God. <laughs> makes me cringe. Really I, hate, I hate watching a bad squat. Yeah, <laughs> still makes me cringe. Um, and you know, a bad squat again is would be doing a squat against your own body segments mm-hmm. and mechanics and mechanics. Yeah, and putting people at a disadvantage when they don't have to be. Right. So getting them into a, a place that is appropriate for them. And teaching them what strength feels like, mm-hmm. and that and it what doesn't, the, yeah, it doesn't and what the to, squat should feel like. Yeah, it doesn't have to feel like it feels like you're fighting gravity. It shouldn't feel like you're fighting your body. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, oh man. man, on the real, Co- coin highlight that. reel, <laughs> <laughs> highlight reel. Okay, good. So, um, all right, we got through our. our oh, we have your five. last one. Oh, my last yeah. one. Yes, this goes back to number one. Balancing my confidence between my inner body and my outer body oh yeah my inner self and outer self so I definitely was very focused and now that I'm saying out loud maybe it it was the right progression for me mm-hmm. so I had to put a lot of stock into my outer body confidence how I looked so I could sell a product yeah the personal training right um Whatever. Yeah, I don't think that it matters as much because mm-hmm. if I were to work on the inner confidence, I would have, like, it would carry over to the outer confidence and then I would be able to have more success with weightlifting, whatever I was yeah. doing yeah. Right, at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, but I think we covered most of that in one. Yeah. yeah. I like, I mean, even piggybacking a little bit off mm-hmm. of that, if we just could take it down even a level that, um, early on in my career, I saw a lot of people, um, especially when you're at like a box gym, mm-hmm. you see someone who looks the part, who basically mm-hmm. is like getting ready for a show. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're taking, like mm-hmm. what supplements they're on, legal or illegal, mm-hmm. um, which I found out, you know, a little bit like the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing, I mean, I was just so like, not only just like in denial, but just in like a baby way of thinking that oh like no they've they've worked hard like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and then people you know like say buying programs or Mm -hmm. those people getting clients based off of how they look Mm -hmm. when uh it was the same same thing like Mm -hmm. if I were to buy that program from that person if you were to buy that program from a person Mm -hmm. if a 300 pound six seven male Mm -hmm. would buy a program off that person it was like the exact same yeah I was like oh yeah. Man. Okay. So there's a little bit more to because some yeah. people that, not that people are looking for, they are looking a little bit mm-hmm. at how a personal trainer there, there's an idea in their mind mm-hmm. of how that person should look. Not that it's you know jacked and ready, you know, like stage ready all the time because I think that's a little bit of a that's a negative stigma. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, those same people are spending yeah. more of their time reading, researching. Mm-hmm getting the resources, educating themselves on how to, you know, better train their clients versus spending so much of that time in the gym. I mean, people, like, realistically, like, we can't spend three hours 
on our fitness every single day. No. And competitors spend more than three hours a day mm, on right. their fitness. Yeah. Whether it's with the food, mm-hmm. the hydration. And that doesn't chewing mean... Chewing the food. Yeah. <laughs> oh so God, much So work. much food. <laughs> so much food. And, and that was the thing, too, that kind of, like, irked me, like, early on. I was like, these other people that, one, like, look the part, and then everyone else who's, like, getting this stuff from them, mm-hmm. just because they look the part doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to do that for anyone else mm-hmm. but themselves. We should, you know what the proper screening should be? We should have your picture and then your sibling's picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just genetics. <laughs> right. Right. Look, we have the same, yeah. we have a similar gene pool and oh, look, look how gross he is. Yeah. <laughs> My brother definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh, like, no. <laughs> And he's not gross. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. But he definitely, like, has different lifestyle choices than I do. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, same. My entire, yeah. entire yeah. family does. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the, that's the gold standard. <laughs> I don't think so. But, um, but, yeah, it's not all about, you know, it's not all about genes and or putting in three, four hours of work in the gym yeah. every day. Right. Um, if anything... And now we have such a good lens to see all this stuff through with social media. Like you can, Mm -hmm. it can go both ways. Right. And you can tell, I hope people can tell when someone is being authentic. Uh, It's a little hard. Yeah. Okay. I'll go, I'll turn, let me turn back to the road here. So I think it's then, oh God, you really want someone that has efficiency drilled into their system. Yeah. Yeah, if you're talking about working six to eight hours a day mm-hmm. and working out four times a week, if people even get that in, right? those four times a week have to be efficient. They have to serve the goal and Absolutely. they have to, yeah, they have to nudge your body in the right direction, not shove it. Mm-hmm. And we are interested culturally in shoving. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, that's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. Don't shove. it's not nice um all right so i've got three questions they're open-ended okay unless you got anything else to add no cool okay all right um if the zombie apocalypse is coming i've heard this question before (laughs) (laughs) what what physical skills do you physical and athletic skills okay she can already shoot and kill something right yes so yeah (laughs) i need to should we define that for you um (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I bow hunt. <laughs> so very useful we'll in the zombie that. apocalypse. What what skills do you want to learn for the upcoming zombie apocalypse oh, that you don't already that. have, or something you want to get better at? Okay, that you already do. Maybe get better at. Um, I would say climbing. Climbing. I used to climb Climbing trees. Comes all up every single yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I used I used to climb so much when I was a kid. Um, and of course, you know, as you get older, it's something that you stopped, but as, mm-hmm. as of late in, uh, like my Spartan races or mm-hmm. in a uh, CrossFit, they will add in some rope climbs there. And I just see, I, I challenge myself every time, every time, how fast mm-hmm. can I get up here? Or how long can I hold on to the monkey bars? Mm-hmm. So always improving my grip strength. Cause if okay. I gotta go hold on for dear life or something, you bet I'm not the one that's dropping first. Okay. So yeah. definitely my, my grip strength, uh-huh. my, my, my climbing skills. Okay. Um, and I could, I mean, I can run fast. Yeah. Oh, I could totally run, you know, soccer players and track. Yeah. We can always yeah. run fast. 
Yeah. But as far as the distance, the long distance, yeah. depends on, you know, who else I have to well, outrun or how climb, long. Well, if you climb, you don't have to run that far. That's a good point. Uh, so well, I'll just stick to climbing. You're, unless you're in somewhere else. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you would have to build something to climb on. That's true. So too. the running might not be absolutely necessary. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Because if I don't not, have to run. in the desert. Oh, true. Right? Yeah. Downtown D.C. So. Yeah. So climbing can I'll, work. Yeah. I'll climb stuff all day. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I really like that question. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> okay, so totally different. <laughs> Any wellness trends that you're particularly excited about? <sighs> you follow trends. Oh, <laughs> we'll man. Start there. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. Hmm. So I like read. Mm-hmm. Like I I I look for stuff. Like I'll read. I'll read. That's not reading. I'll yeah. flip the pages of like, you know, Goop. I'll see what other... I like to know what other people are doing, okay. personally. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd say one of the things, the wellness trends, and I showed it to you, the only reason I'm bringing it up is that blood test. Oh, yeah. Micronutrient testing. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about personalized nutrition and personalized nutrition medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that blood test um, is different than the standard blood test, not so only in its, like, what it's doing. Right. The data extraction is different. It's, um, and then meaning like how they get whatever they're testing out of the blood. Right. And then the other thing that's different about it is they have their own scales, meaning a functional scale, a non-optimal or like borderline scale, and then deficient. So if you go to your doctor, Mm -hmm. a typical internist, they have, the only measure they use is the deficient one. Mm. And that is um, above, or it's just, it, it's not as strict or defined as the, the, yeah. one, the micronutrient blood testing functional medicine panel. Definitely not as defined. Yeah, so they want to keep you way optimal, way right. beyond an RDA. Right. Yeah, so an RDA, um, the vitamin D in that test that I showed you, mm-hmm. I would have been completely clear in the traditional internist point of view yeah but in the micronutrient test i was borderline mm. so, yeah i mean so. who doesn't want to know that for for optimal health i mean i think everybody a little bit yeah. you know is just really wants whatever optimal health they can get on but i i think i, I would know. have to piggyback off of yeah that at least because my nose has been stuck in my mat books and studies lately so i have not uh, been paying attention okay. to any yeah. trends if i've been being honest oh good all right <laughs> this is and this is back to uh professional development okay have you heard the term soft skills and hard skills yeah okay so soft skill like they um therapists of different kinds and people that interact with people for mm-hmm. a living they have to have hard skills which is what we were working on with MAT right yes you're testing your hand position how you're uh, questioning the neuromuscular system mm-hmm. and then the soft skill would be how you communicate it right yeah okay so are there any development what are you working on in both of those areas I guess the hard skill is obvious. Oh, your, your yeah. MAT. Yeah, yeah. The hard so skill is So, what's your next obvious. level for MAT? Your, you have one. You have the trunk and spine. Too. Oh, yep. That's yep. what I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely working on that. So, um, anatomy. That's oh, a big one. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about soft skills? Um, you know, I think my soft skills over time have not only just 
gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, even being a little bit in rehab, just communicating. Because uh, I feel like I can communicate. Just like what we have did, like a little bit, like translating, like, hey, if it, that thing is like on the tip of your tongue, but you can't think about it, or you can't, you don't know how to, you know, convey that, just conveying that information to just the average Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being able to do. But um, I think as far as soft skills in that specific skill set, the MAT skill set, mm-hmm. um, and communicating, okay, I need you to, you know, move here, raise there. That's something that is uh, different, a different type of state of thinking for my brain to communicate something else. Mm. So I think that's the next one that I'm yeah. really working on. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that is our wrap. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to share as far as like what you're doing, um, where you're taking clients, where you're teaching? Let's not pretend you live out in the middle of nowhere. Right, because okay. I actually do. Um, but <laughs> Give us your Instagram handle and, you know, stuff that you're excited to share oh. on social media. Yeah, I mean, I am working on a website, you know, working on that whole business background thing. So mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram at coach.mo, M-O-E. So you can find me on there. Um, you can always email me at coachmotraining at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you have any type of training questions. Um, I do some online um, programming, both cool. nutrition and um, if someone's just in a box gym. And That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Box, so. uh, box gym trainers are not the best yeah, most yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. So having, like, I get a program from someone yeah. that n- has only seen me move once. Right. But, you know, I know how to move. I know how to squat. True. Right? True. And I do send them videos and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so okay. I, I do that. Yeah, yeah for, cool. For anybody, the average Joe, so. Yeah. Um, and then you did your Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I guess that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And...